What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter. We're going to do the midweek episode where Noah and I just kind of go through our takes about what's going on in the NBA. Happy New Year, everybody. This uh, this is the last episode that we're going to do in 2020, Noah. What a year it's crazy been for the podcast. Flies. <laughs> what a year. All three of the episodes. I mean... Hey, we're on Spotify now. We are on Spotify. Apple Music pending. Apple Music pending. But... Yeah, we're stoked. We're we're starting to really make this happen. It's kind of exciting. Seeing it on Spotify was a pretty good feeling. It it felt cool. I I I, I actually I don't know if you guys have seen the logo, but I spent a decent amount of time trying to figure that out. I kind of like clean. it. It's pretty clean. Uh, we are hiring resident uh, expert Dan Griffin. Um, who is a, a production designer, an artist for a living, uh, and happens to be my father to uh, help us out with some cover art. So, permanent cover or current current cover art. It will not be permanent, but for what it is, thank you to everybody that is listening. We do really appreciate it. Um, this has been really fun for Noah and I, and and we hope to to keep making this thing happen. So, let's get into it. What do we got for our first segment today? All right, for the first segment, um, we're just going to throw go through our first week winners, uh, mm-hmm. teams or players who we thought had really good weeks. Who do you got on your Definitely. list? Yeah, I think without blowing this up too much, like understanding, you know, some teams have only played two games at this point. You know, not a ton has happened, and obviously there have been some teams that have had eight months of rest, and there have been teams that have... 70 days of rest. So w- without putting too much stock in this, the first team I have on my list has to be the Cavs. Um, three and one. They had a really solid win against the 76ers. Uh, there was no Joel Embiid in that game, but the entire team seems to be clicking. And most importantly, it's that backcourt with Garland and Sexton. And they're both kind of turning into what everybody in Cleveland hoped they could be. Um, obviously, you know, we're four games in, we're not getting our, our, our panties too much in a bunch yet. You know, it's not time to, to sell the panties. Don't sell any panties on these boys yet, you know, but with that said through four games, Sexton averaging 25 a game. Yeah. I take that. I take that. that. I'm the Cavs. We take that. Darius Garland is actually probably the most important piece. There's been a lot of heat towards Colin Sexton, I think. Uh, there's a general perception that he's just inefficient and not really fit for the NBA point guard position, at least in a starting status. Um, and I kind of hope he proves that wrong. I really liked him at Alabama. I thought he was really fun to watch. Um, and and I, I like what he can do. But Drummond's doing his thing. I mean, he's he's going to eat up the boards. Like that is why they traded for him, so that that part of the rebuild was just there. They didn't have to draft that. Uh, the only thing hindering them right now is Kevin Love's going to be out for three to four weeks. I, I don't think that's a huge deal. He gets the extra young guys, bigger roles, makes them really have to step up. Um, I don't think Cavs have playoff expectations necessarily. Um, continue the rebuild. Continue these guys these young guys, Saxon and Garland, to develop. And, you know, if they get an 8th seed, that'd be awesome. I, I'd love that for the Cavs. Hey, all they got to get to is the 10th seed to trigger the play-in games. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. And I like, I see them there. Like I don't, Anyone's got a chance, point, honestly. 
Well, except the Wizards. And the Bulls. Wizards are out. Cancel the Wizards. Well, you know what? The Bulls beat the Wizards, so can't cancel them yet. They're not as bad <laughs> as the Wizards. What? Let's let's hang that banner. Let's hang that banner. Not <laughs> as bad as the Wizards. Payne, everybody lost too. All right, who who do you got number one on your list? Um, I got the Atlanta Hawks. They went three and zero this past week. They beat the Bulls, the Grizzlies, and the Pistons. Maybe not the greatest wins, but um, more impressed of what I saw. Other than the, mm-hmm. more, I'm more impressed about what I saw than the quality of the competition. Uh, Trey Young's putting up MVP like numbers. Uh, we're gonna talk about him a little later, so I won't say his stats, but he's putting up crazy okay. numbers. Um, they also have six other double double digit scores, and DeAndre Hunter. Bogdan, Cam Reddish, Kevin Hoyter, John Collins, and Gallinari. Um, they're the second highest offensive rating in the team. Like, they're just scoring buckets. And I think they attempt the most free throws in the league with, like, 30-something. It's something crazy. And um, yeah. honestly, as long as their defense stays consistent, like, if, if it's just middle of the league, good, then they have a chance to be, mm-hmm. like, pretty decent. Definitely. No, I can agree with all of that 100%. You got anything else? Mm. You got any other insight on us you want to give us? Watch out for uh, watch out for Clint Capella. I think he's going to have a pretty good season. I watched a little bit of him play yeah. last night. And uh, I, yeah, think, he... I think him and Trey Young are de- going to develop like really good chemistry. I agree. He missed the first two games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, I still think that front court is going to be dangerous. There's just so much talent there. I, I think it's going to be tough to stop. Uh, I don't see any way around that. Alrighty, next team on my list. It, 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 no, we discussed this. There's a couple different teams we could have gone. And not, not to spoil anything, but we could go with the Magic. I think that the Suns definitely come out of this week looking like winners. Uh, but a team I want to focus on has to be the Sacramento Kings. Three and one. Two years ago, they looked like a team that was ready to make that jump. Just missed the playoffs. De'Aaron Fox looked phenomenal in his rookie year. Buddy Heald was doing his thing. Um, it just... Er, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just looked like it was going to be the Kings year last year to make the step. And that didn't happen, which disappointed a lot of people in Sacramento. I know people were really disappointed with what happened with that season last year, but I think they added a little bit of maturity. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, one of the game's best rim protectors is on the coming off their bench, not taking away the starting minutes from Bagley, which I think is really key because I think it's important to keep getting Marvin those minutes. But this week, they come away with two massive wins against the Nuggets. I mean, an overtime victory in which Buddy Heald taps in the game winner after Harrison Barnes makes the uh, the, the LeBron James-esque block at the other end and, and takes it all the way, misses the layup, but Buddy Heald's there to recover. I mean, the Nuggets have been playing not, not nearly what we saw in the bubble, but... You come away with two wins against an opponent that I think the consensus is going to be one of the top teams in the West. You're going to come away a winner. And you split with the Suns, 
who look phenomenal. I, I I have to give it to them. Marvin Bagley's looking awesome. Rashawn Holmes, shout out Rashawn Holmes, locking down the paint there. Um, I, I think he's going to come away as a little bit of an underrated player on that Kings team just because there's a lot of scoring talent. But Rashawn Holmes, uh, really impressive from what I've seen. Able to able to defend down well, very well. Um, yeah, can't say enough good things about the Kings this year. I, I really hope this momentum continues. Another guy that's been playing fantastic on the Kings is Tyrese Halliburton, the rookie. Yeah, the rookie. He honestly looks like a 10-year vet already. Like, he looks like he's played in the league for so long. He kind of just, like, connects the pieces for the Kings. And he's, like, he ta- he's the one who's talking on defense. Like, he's moving the people around on defense. It's just something really crazy to see out of a rookie. Honestly, that's why the Suns. That's why the Suns aren't a winner of the week, and the Kings are because the Suns could have drafted Tyrese Halliburton, and maybe they'd be the winner of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think right when the draft was happening, it was consensus that Tyrese Halliburton could be the steal of the draft, and I, I think that it was also consensus that he probably deserved to be higher. I mean, I think he he was. I want to say he was like five or six spots on Jay Billis's draft board above the position in which he was actually drafted by the Kings. So that that's always going to be a steal. Um, and I know I'm glad it's a great position for him. It's a great fit. And I think that the Kings really needed that extra spot on the bench to spark fire. They needed to add that depth. And I think Halliburton could come in and actually get some serious minutes at the end of games toward as the season progresses. I think um, he'll be a starter pretty soon, honestly. Yeah, which spot do you think he takes from somebody else? It just depends. If they like, if they want to go risky, they can go Harrison Barnes at the four and play Buddy De'Aaron and Tyrese Halliburton. But honestly, oh. I think their bench, I think their bench needs a little bump, and I wouldn't mind Buddy going to the bench and Tyrese Halliburton playing with the starters because the starters already have enough shot distribution. They want to get De'Aaron shots and they want to get Harrison Barnes shots. Yeah, get Bagley down low. Uh, I, before, without spending too much time on this, Bagley's post game has improved so much in his ability to move. You are so high on Bagley. Top. I, I, I really love Bagley. I, there's just something about it. I think it's it's the combination of the Kings just sucking for so long, and I want so badly for for the the Kings fans out there. To just not be absolutely kicking themselves on missing Trey Young and and Luca, like I wanted to at least be able to like, okay, we missed out on uh, on two perennial superstars, but we, we got an all star. I, yeah, I got think Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> well, him too, but no, 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 they they got Bagley. Um, I like Bagley. I think Bagley's really prime for for a breakout year, and I think that's happening. All right, who's who? Who else do you have on your list? Our last, last winner of the week. week. Feeling like a homer pick, but it's the Indiana Pacers. You know, they had a really good I week. Agree. They beat the Knicks. They beat the Bulls. You know, those two wins are so-so. We take care of business. <laughs> we don't really lose a lot of games against bad teams. But then they beat the Celtics once this week, and they lost to the Celtics once this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game they beat the Celtics, Domas had an and-one uh, finish to basically seal the game for us. Uh, our coach, Nate Bjorken, drew up a really good end of gameplay. He had saw that the Celtics were switching everything all game. So he went for the fake mm-hmm. dribble handoff. Both Celtics defenders went with the guard. Domas rolled to the rim and got fouled and made it. 
So that was a really good ending. And then the other game they lost to the Celtics, it was uh, right down to the wire. They had a pretty good chance to win if Justin Holiday wasn't playing like dog shit. <laughs> but um, Domas, over the season, he's averaging 21, 11, and 7, which he's just so efficient. And like, it's crazy how much impact he can have at the game as a center. Like, he's reached that good of a center to where uh, our team is built around him and our offense runs through him. It's pretty crazy. He plays a lot like Jokic, honestly. And um, both Brogdon and Vicar. Over 20 point per game scores, both shooting over 50% from the field goal. So, like that combo tandem we have of Vic, Brogdon, and Sabonis is just uh, enough to win us some games on the Knights. No, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and no, and I have the Pacers as my, is one of my winners of the week as well. Um, I think for me, what I'm really looking for right now is is not necessarily team wins. You know, because otherwise the Magic would be a team that we're talking about. But what is indicate is indicative to me that the team is going to continue to have success and have a successful season. And for me, that boils down to Victor Oladipo looking like an all star. You know, the twenty three points a game. You know, almost six rebounds, four assists. That is what you need out of Victor Oladipo if the Pacers don't want a first round exit. You need that all-star. You, you, you absolutely need Brogdon, and you need what Sabonis is doing. And Sabonis is absolutely as much a part of this as Oladipo. But I think without that outside scoring threat, what Sabonis offers isn't as valuable because it's much easier to just collapse the paint and let him kicked out to Brogdon, um, you know, let Brogdon take a, a little bit more of the role and, and defend that way. But when you have Oladipo and Brogdon and Sabonis, you have what TJ Warren offers, you know, in, in the multifaceted forward position. You know, I I like what the Pacers are doing. I'm a fan. Um, Miles Turner casually averaging five blocks a game. It's Locking casual. it down it's on the money. defensive end. He's not going to regress. That's the thing. When you start averaging five blocks a game, you just you don't stop. The ball just finds your hand. I mean, he's wildly you underrated. You start seeing it like volleyball. He is wildly and, underrated. He has been leading our defense wrong. for like. Correct me if I'm wrong. People were thinking about trading him at the beginning of the season or even in the off season, right? Hey, you know, I might have been in that group as well. <laughs> Yeah, just real quick, what was uh, what was the rationale behind that? What was? I mean, there's the always whenever the Pacers are losing or doing bad, there's always ongoing questions about whether Miles and Sabonis can fit together in the same front court. But I see two fundamental problems with trading Miles is because a three and D like stretch four that's not the size of Miles that's like more athletic is just the hardest position to find in the yeah. league. Um, it's you basically have to draft one because all the good teams sign the good three and D. So like whatever we're trading miles for, we're not going to get value back. And I think the offense we ran under Nate McMillan was so like old and archaic that we couldn't really judge miles offensive game yet. So we'll get a really good look under a new coach with a new offensive system to see like how good he really is. Cause we know we'll bring it on offense, but he's got to fit in on, we're no, we know he's going to, bring it on defense but he has to fit into the offense because he just he knows that Sabonis is the superior scorer on that end yeah 
Alrighty, let's move into losers of the week. Um, let's not spend as much time on this because I think it's it's harder to call somebody a loser at this point than it is a winner. Um, just because, again, two, three, four games into the season. But early on, who are your losers? You can't say the Clippers, even though they did get absolutely bopped and schmucked by the Mavs in that abysmal I mean, whatever you want to call that 50-point loss, that was atrocious. But you beat the Lakers, you're 3-1. and one. We can't quite call you a loser. Who is on your list? Uh, my first loser of the week is the Washington Wizards. They're off to an 0-4 <laughs> start. They've lost to the 76ers, the Magic twice, and the Bulls. You know, losing to the 76ers and the Magic, that's, like, fine. Those are teams they're going to be competing with. But losing to the Bulls... Like, I don't even know. They should just quit. They shouldn't show up for the rest of their games, honestly. <laughs> I'm a Bulls fan. I put money on the Wizards because I thought it was a guaranteed thing. I was like, there's no way they lose this game. <laughs> and it wasn't even that close. It wasn't even that close. I mean, it was a seven-point game, but it, it was like a 15-point game until three minutes left. It was, oh, they're bad. They're bad. Let um, Danny get his minutes. Russ Let is shooting 41% from the field goal and 10% mm-hmm. from three-point on 3.3 attempts a game. <laughs> uh, I mean, their <laughs> offense just... Has he made one three-point shot all year? I think one so. or two? <laughs> two, probably. <laughs> that's, that's so bad. That's so bad. Yeah, their oh. offense really just isn't clicking. I And honestly, you can make the argument that they haven't had Rui Hachimura for any of these games, but you could also make an argument that Rui Hachimura doesn't make a difference in some of these games when they're just getting blown out. No, um, I think they, they need more Bertons. I think Bertons is a perfect player to pair with Bradley Beal and Russell yeah. Westbrook. And I think, I mean, Scott Brooks is on the hot seat, right? He has to be. Absolutely. I don't see how you're not. If they lose to the, they play the Bulls back to back, if they lose to the Bulls again, he should just be publicly executed. <laughs> I know it's quarantine, but but do you think that in DC they've still got like an old guillotine up? Like, they have to from, like, somewhere the in the White centuries? House. Yeah, there's got to be even just a replica. I mean, just uh, even if it's it's just like a little flesh wound, you know, like like he's just got to put like a, a little Hello Kitty Band-Aid on it and put him put his head in there because. You can't bring in and pay Russell Westbrook that much money to start 0-5 and, and lose a two-game series against the Bulls. Like, that just... <laughs> if I'm Bradley Beal, I want out of Washington as quick as I can be. Yeah, I... Yeah, give it another week, and if... Things aren't improving drastically. I, uh, I'm, I'm requesting a trade to just about anywhere else because the Indiana Pacers. Uh, probably not. Probably not. But maybe. Pacers are the cap. Hey, Alrighty. Um, all right. Yeah. So Washington Wizards losers of the week for sure. Alrighty. My loser of the week. A little bit different feel, but. I'm going to go with the Nets. Um, and mainly just because they're losing Spencer Dinwiddie for the season. 
And I don't know, you know, how much that impacts the championship run that they are going to inevitably have. But it's going to impact that. We know that. Dinwiddie is a versatile scorer. He was a 20 points per game guy last year. He's coming off the bench this year, giving you one of leading the most dynamic bench in the NBA that a bench that I don't know a bench more talented in the last 10 years off the top of my head than what this Nets bench was going to be. They were going to clobber teams in the second quarter. They were just going to stretch that lead that KD and Kyrie have already built up. Um, and it's, it's the, the bench is still massive, but losing Dinwiddie just hurts. Uh, and it, it's not losing KD or Kyrie, but I don't... I'm, I'm interested to see how they recover from this and how his role in the offense is substituted for. So I think the Nets have some work to do. I think they already had a lot of work to do in building this chemistry and figuring out what the team identity was. Um but didn't only helped with that, especially having been one of the longest tenured people on this team. So they're three and one. They look good. Um, obviously, they, they lost to the Hornets, which is quite surprising. But the, the Hornets, I, I think, are going to pick up a, a, think, a sneaky amount of games this year. I think people Terry's just come in like underestimating the Hornets. I think they're just like, oh, yeah, easy double. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. <laughs> LaMelo Ball comes out and kind of. Drops a dome on them. What was his stat line the other day? Was that tonight? Um, tonight against the Nets? I think he had like 22, 5, and 6 in 29 minutes. Jeez. He's going to he's gonna be nice. Take. I honestly am uh, not as worried for the wet, for the Nets. Like, I clearly am worried. They're losing a pretty valuable, just like chess piece and Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. I think, if anything, it just makes the. Um, regular season a little tougher, but I actually like the two guys who will probably see take up most of Spencer Dinwiddie's minutes in Chris Chioza and Timothy Luau Cabarro. I think they're both like, I mean, really all the Spencer Dinwiddie injury means to me is more shots for Katie and Kyrie. Definitely. And, and that's where like, yeah, I, I don't know if I made myself clear enough that I don't think that this is, the the move that oh my god no the Nets are out of the championship like the, no like they can't make the finals it, it that's not it but I think it makes finding their identity a just a little bit harder if that makes sense building that chemistry I think he was a chemistry guy um I think he was gonna lead that bench unit but I agree and not only does it lead and I I think it not necessarily KD and Kyrie but I think it leads more shot, shots for guys like Joe Harris. And Karis yeah. Levert, which I think are guys that needed the ball in their hands anyway. So, absolutely. Um, if I was the Nets, it... I would be more worried about the threat of another injury now. Like, if another major rotation yeah. player gets hurt for them, they're going, like, deep to their bench now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They can sustain this one, but it, it's the next one that that is going to kill. Yeah. Um. Anybody else that you have in terms of losers this week? Um, um, I got the Toronto Raptors as one of my losers of the week. 
Um, They lost to the Pelicans, the Spurs, and to the 76ers, which are all respectable losses, but it is more what I saw in the games. Um, I feel like Siakam hasn't looked like what he showed us he could be since before the bubble. Like, even in the bubble, he was honestly pretty bad. And this season so far, he's shooting 39% from the field and 33% from three on seven attempts a game. Yeah. Which isn't great, and they need him to be, like, the guy if they want to ever, like, go back to a finals and win, really, with the current roster they have. Um, I have pretty big questions about their big man rotation and Alex Lynn, Christmas Day, and Aaron Baines. Um, Aaron Baines is consistent. You know, he'll get you, like, close to double-digit rebounds. He'll play defense. He'll hit his open shots. But um, Alex Lynn and Christmas Day are a pretty big question mark when they have to take Aaron Baines out of the game. Definitely. And they kind of they their team that has to win they win games by committee so that means everyone has to score if they want to win a game they need everyone to be putting up like double double digit um shots and points a game they're actually right now they're twenty six percent they're twenty sixth in field goal percentage they're twenty third in turnovers and they're thirtieth in free throws attempted a game. Right now, Trey Young is attempting 13 free throws a game, and he's attempting more than the entire Raptors team. Jesus Christ. And, I, yeah, I think I think um, a trade for Al Horford might be looming for them. Ooh, interesting. Fill the, fill the shoes that Marcus all had. Exactly. Uh, that, that kind of role. Yeah, I mean, the, the Thunder will take it. They need more draft picks. We'll take, uh, we'll take another 20th. We'll take one more first rounder. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter to them. It yeah, they're just going to own the NBA. Like that. That's it. They're just going to like not allow anybody else to draft. Like There's just going to be an entire draft class where like the nobody else shows up. 29 teams don't even show up, and it's just the Thunder and Adam Silver in a room, and the Thunder just kind of go down a list, and they say, all right, this is who we're taking for our first pick. This is our second pick, and then they just hand that list in, and that's the draft. It's going to be like ten minutes. They're just—they're uh, like set up for the next twenty years. Any year they don't want to draft, or like they don't have cap to draft a player, they just trade that yeah. first-round pick for another first-round pick five years later to a yeah. desperate team. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I yeah, uh, like this seriously. This, like we could be feeling the ripple effects of this. This management move by Presti for 20 years. Like, no cap. Alright, who's your uh, uh, next loser? Um, Actually, I don't have any more on the, the loser sheet. I guess a uh, quick shout out to the Warriors. They look like, they look like they're going to be lost. I don't think that they are going to be a playoff team. Um, expecting too much out of Steph. Wiggins had a nice game the other night, but I, I just don't think that he's an efficient scorer. They almost lost to the Bulls. They honestly should have lost to the Bulls. Um, Bell, Dell, whatever his name is, uh, hit the uh, game-winning three. Good for them. Damian Lee. Damian Lee had the game-winning three. Just, they, they don't look good. Kelly Oubre is playing like hot garbage. Um, they're expecting too much out of Steph. I don't think Draymond's going to be back for a little bit and I just don't know what their identity is at the moment so Warriors are my last loser alright let's move on to this next segment which is early MVP talk um, I think we've kind of discussed this it's it's a couple guys at this point that in the first week 
just really stand out and look like they are the MVPs. Obviously early, but let's get into it. It's fun. Uh, Noah, who do you got first of the three guys that are really looking like they're competing for the MVP award based on this first week? Uh, first, I got Trey Young. You know, we That's talked about the Bull, or the Hawks already. They're 3-0. and Trey Young's averaging 34 points, 7 rebounds. Nope, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. And he's shooting 53% field goal, 91% from free throw, and 42% from three on, like, a pretty good amount of attempts a game. Yeah. And I, he's just playing out of his mind right now. Like, and the Hawks, are they're winning games. And if he could keep this up, it would be pretty insane. I it it's a lot of fun to watch. It it really is. I mean, I just him coming out of college. I I remember one of our good buddies, uh, Corbin, saying that he was going to be the biggest bust ever, and to just watch him be able to do exactly what he said and showed he could do in college in the NBA is it's remarkable. It's remarkable how easily he's just translated his his raw talent, his skill, to being just a dominant scorer. Something that you don't pick up on TV is just how quick he is. I had the chance to watch the Hawks play the Pacers last year. And like, I had pretty good seats, so I was pretty close. And he was just, like, noticeably so much quicker than everyone else on the court. And it was, like, something that I saw with my own eyes that I was just, like, honestly shocked at. And he's, like, a terror in the – when the Hawks get a rebound and they get running, he's just a terror in the fast break. Like, you have no clue what he's going to do. It's fun shit, yeah. Um, do you think it's defensive liability works into this at all, or nah? I mean, no, because he's the type of guy you build a team defense around. Like, just like the Warriors build a team defense around Steph Curry. Like, yeah. you take his offense, so he gives up on defense. You know what he gives up? Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, next guy on the list, um, I know that they're not winning right now, but... Joel Embiid is just revolutionizing that big man position. And the other night, he posted 19, 12, and 18. And they fucking lost. But I, I just, you can't put up like stats like that and just be excluded from the conversation. He's revolutionizing the game. What he He's a point guard that's seven feet tall and stands in the middle of the floor. His season averages right now, Noah. 25 a game, 13 and a half assists on 12 boards. I mean, like, what the fuck? How do you I, – I don't know how. The, the Nuggets supporting cast this year has been very underwhelming. Uh, Porter Jr. has been much less efficient than we'd like. Uh, Jamal Murray has has not been the bubble Jamal Murray that we saw. Baby Jordan has not quite showed out, and Gary Harris has is played like, oh, oh like shit. Honestly, I know Maple they watched Jordan. Jimmy Grant. <laughs> What'd you say? His nickname was Maple Jordan because he's from Canada. <laughs> I actually didn't hear that. One. I heard Baby Jordan. I like Maple Jordan way better. <laughs> Maple Jordan. I didn't know he was from Canada. This yeah, him and him and Shay are cousins. So oh, like, okay, I and did they're know can, that. And I they're Canada's starting backcourt. <laughs> That's a decent backcourt. Um, but yeah, so despite all that, I I just don't see how you can be putting up those kind of numbers and not be mentioned 
in an MVP conversation. He just looks so good out there, too. The passes he's finding, honestly, they're, they remind me of, like, Jason Kidd-esque vision. But it's just so weird because it's coming from a dude that's seven feet tall. And he's not standing at the top of the key. He's just planting, like, at the free throw line and commanding the court. It's it's fun to watch. It, if you're listening, please watch as many Nuggets games as you can possibly can because I personally think that's the way the NBA is going to look in 10 years is these just freakishly athletic – well, I don't know if Jokic is a freakishly athletic, but like very intelligent passing bigs, and that's how the offense is run. And like we've said before, that's where Sabonis is. So I, I, I've got Jokic. Who do you got? Um, my last one's got to be Kyrie. He's averaging 29 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds on 61% field goal shooting, 56% from 3, and 100% from free throw so far. He hasn't missed a free throw all year. Um, I, okay. I mean, the Nets are just vibing, honestly. They, their offense is so free-flowing that it just it's honestly beautiful to watch. They, like... They just uh, anyone can get their shots on the nets. Honestly, they don't look to find like Kyrie and KD shots, which you think yeah. they would be, but just the presence of having both of them get the whole team open shots. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the Nets are gonna win I... a bunch of games. They're really good, so I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie or KD could win them. Maybe. Yeah, but no, I I agree that at this point, based on the first week. Let's give it to Kyrie. Let's give it to Kyrie. He he's looked a little bit more seamless. I mean, hasn't missed a free throw yet on how many attempts? Uh, I think it around was... eight a game. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite solid. Those are those are the numbers of of a man who's got some hot sauce in his veins, as uh, Stacy King likes to say. All right, uh, you, you want to uh, get into the special segment? The, the hot special takes? segment, baby. I'm excited about this one. Alrighty. Uh, I, I'm unaware of exactly what this entails, so I'm going to let Noah explain, and, and I'm going to do my best to, to partake. So those MVP frontrunners we just said, they're all four through whatever. The top three I'm really about to say to you, and you just um, – I'm going to read off their <laughs> stats – and you pick okay. which one you would choose as your MVP if the season ended today. So, so it's a little bit of, of a, a blind, blind stat comparison. So I'm picking which, which statistics I like, yeah. and then you're gonna tell me yeah. who who the fellas that belong to these stats are. I love it. I love so it. So mystery man number one, he's shooting or he's scoring twenty points a game, eleven and a half rebounds, and four assists. He's shooting 48% from the field goal and 45% from three. Well, may I just say that Mystery Man number one has a very sexy voice. I mean, my goodness. Um, But okay. Mystery Man number two. He's averaging 20 points, 15 rebounds, three and a half assists, and he's averaging three steals and three blocks right now. God. Okay, actually, I think I might know who that is. But and then I... Mystery Man number three. He's averaging 25 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, on 55% Holy field shit. goal shooting, and 69% from three. Very nice. That's extremely nice. Walsh is shooting attempts? 74% from free throw. 
74 from free throw. Okay. All right, wait. So, who would be your MVP? Um. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure mystery man number two is Andre Drummond because I, I was looking at his rebounding stats earlier today and I, I saw that they were off the charts. But that stat line is absurd. Um, you you can't be putting up three blocks and three steals. Three blocks and three steals is insane. Like that's just yeah, that's the part that you just like. Like I don't think people realize like how much it takes and how much of an impact you are having on the court if you are averaging three blocks and three steals a game on top of fifteen boards and did you say twenty points? Yeah. Um, all very impressive stat lines. Um, and, and it's ruined for me a little bit that, that I'm pretty sure I know it's Drummond. Could you give me the first one again? 20 points, 11 and a half rebounds, four assists on 48% from field goal shooting and 45% from three. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, mystery man number two given me that is, if you can sustain that, I, I'm giving you my MVP vote. Um, it counts for nothing, but I'm giving it to you. Mr. Man number two, come up from behind that door. Who are you? It's Mr. Andre Drummond. <laughs> oh, I am very surprised right now. Oh, oh. The yeah, other two that's... were Vucevic and Julius Randle. Okay. Julius Randle has, has kind of been a fantasy god so far he's looked good um and then the knicks do the knicks have two sneaky wins right now they have one two very sneaky wins one two over the bucks wins. yeah yeah the the bucks also probably are would be losers of week one if they hadn't broken the record for threes hitting a game just an onslaught okay wait all right i've i've got a fun fact for you right now um i wish i could do it in a mystery man way but the Bucks the other night against the Miami Heat won 144 to 97. 29 um, threes. They they break the record that the Rockets had set of 27 29. threes in the game. They score 29. All right, 13 Easy. different men on the Milwaukee Bucks roster got. Oh, missed. you want me to name everyone? No, no, no. All oh. but one oh. made a three. Giannis. Which Milwaukee Buck? Giannis Antetokounmpo is the only <laughs> Buck that didn't make a three. <laughs> Finished over two on the night. I just think that's hysterical. That, Damn, should we? Should I see if I can name one. everyone on the Bucks right now? No, you shouldn't, because there are just names that, like there are names on here that I had, had never heard of. You're telling me Bobby um, Portis got a three? He. Bobby Portis hit a three. Yeah, Bobby Portis hit a three. Right, Bobby did, Portis like, took more field goals than Giannis. Did the Nassus get in the game and hit a three? The Nassus did get in the game. Oh my gosh, three. even the Nassus is eaten. <laughs> the Nassus posted five, five, and four. I mean, like, he had a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody ate except for Giannis. I apologize to Giannis fantasy owners because that's just got to be a little bit disappointing to see 144 points scored and nine of them are by Giannis. Oh. Mm-hmm. All, All right, you let's you want to get into our little game? Yeah, last segment of the night. Uh, we got a little game going where we are gonna guess what we think the lines should be for some upcoming basketball games. 
for the NBA slate on Thursday. Let's All right. It. So the first All game right. we have is the Pacers versus the Cavs. What do you think the spread's at? And and just for the uh, the listeners' clarification, do you know what the spreads are at? I have not looked. No, I haven't. It's at Indiana okay. too. So it's at Indiana. Hmm. Okay. Um. I think this should be. Off the top of my head, I'm setting this line around Pacers minus five and a half. Oh, shut up, Siri. Siri. I'm actually, I think I'm going to go like Pacers. The Cavs always have sneaky close games with us because we can't handle Andre Drummond. But I don't know if Vegas knows that. I'm going to go like Pacers minus like six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, I think anything. I I was between somewhere in in like the five to seven range, but Cavs are playing well. Um, so so I leaned on the, a little bit lower. I think anything outside of that range would be interesting. All right, should I look it up, or should we go through all of them and then I'll say the spread, the actual spreads. Um. Let's let's look them up as we go. I I think that, that that's a little bit more interesting. I, I I'm curious right. now. I care. The spread for the Pacers Cavs is minus seven Pacers. Okay. Mm, okay, that leaves a little bit more to the Pacers than I think you and I both like. Um, if I'm a betting man. I I probably go Cavs there. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a betting man, and I would not go Cavs there. You would right. take Cavs plus seven? No, Pacers are gonna destroy them. So. You were the one that just said that the Cavs always have sneaky close games with the Pacers. <laughs> yeah, but not and this then... one. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, the All next right. game we got is Bulls versus Wizards. What do you think the spread is? Uh, oh, shit. Uh, you, you, it has to be towards the Wizards. If it's towards the Bulls, it's yeah. They just be dumb. Um, it's gotta be close. It can't be. Yeah, I was gonna say is uh Wizards minus two. I'll go. It's, it's still. I'll in, go Wizards minus three. Is it still in Chicago? Yeah. Oh yeah. my! It's Wizards minus six. No love for There's your no... Bulls. Has has Vegas not watched the Wizards? Do they not understand that their starting point guard is Mr. Poopy Butthole? The Wizards are starting Mr. Poopy Butthole at point guard, and they're minus six. That's, That's disrespect, insane. honestly. Um. Okay. That, yeah. That just that feels interesting to me. Um. I don't know what has changed with the Wizards, other than maybe Vegas thinks that they've got some revenge game going. I the Russ, know. the Russ revenge game. The, the Russ revenge game of the Chicago Bulls, who are one and three. Yeah. Okay. Interesting there. I, without being too much of a homer, I'm, I'm taking that. I would take the Bulls. I would take the Bulls plus yeah. six. Yeah. All right. The next um, game we got is the Seventy Sixers versus the Magic. Seventy Sixers Magic. Oh, okay. This is actually an interesting one because the Magic are hot. And they've already beat the Sixers. Um, and they've already beat the Sixers. Uh, it's I feel be close. like this is Vegas, though. I feel like public perception definitely plays a factor into this. Um, so I feel like the 76ers are going to be favored because otherwise 
there would just be so much money on the 76ers. Uh, I'm going to go Sixers minus one. Ooh. Yeah. I'll lock um, in Sixers minus one. I'll take Sixers minus three and a half. See, I think it's just going to be a for show that, that it says Sixers so that the money isn't too lopsided. It's Sixers um, minus three. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Okay. All right. The um, next one we got feel... is the... Wait, 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 hold on. I, I feel like that game's pretty close to a pick em. I would take the Sixers. Right? right? I'll take the Sixers. Yeah, okay. Okay. I I think in the long run, yes, the Sixers are, are going to be the better team, but Sixers obviously have some stuff to figure out. I don't know. All right, we'll see. All right, the uh, next one's the one Kings one. versus the Rockets. Ooh. Uh, this one's got to be in the Rockets' favor, I feel like. No way. I think the Kings got to be favored. Well, no, just because we haven't seen the Rockets play, you know? I feel like Vegas would put it in their favor. You think so? I feel, but we have seen the Kings play, and they've yeah. beaten some decent teams. But they're also the Kings still. Fair enough. Um, that's a good point. I don't know. I I would take the the Kings minus three here. Minus three. I I could be way off, but the, this is the oh game where I think. I'll take Rockets minus three. All right. I I'm interested here. We can. Oh, it's Rockets minus four and a half. Oh, boy. I disagree with that heavily. Oh, I'll take Rockets. No way, dude. The Rockets are playing some garbage defense. I mean, I know they've played two games. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins are both playing tomorrow, so that also has a bump to it. Oh, that does help. That does help. But, yeah, I mean, I know that, like, there's just, like, you can let up 120 nowadays, and, like, that doesn't really mean anything. Like, it just, like, kind of happens sometimes, but... Mm. All right. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the next one know, is... I'm the... going to take emotion out of this. I do love the Kings. I do love the Kings, so... Yeah, we I, already I, I know you love Marvin there. Bagley, dude. You're Marvin Bagley's come biggest on. supporter. Marvin, come on the podcast already, dude. It, it, we killed 2020. This was the best year of this podcast ever. Just come on already, Marvin. Alrighty, let's get to the next one. Yeah, let's run through these next three. Um, so we got okay. the Knicks versus Raptors. Raptors got to be favored. Like pretty Raptors big. Be, uh, Raptors minus six. I'll go Raptors minus seven. Uh, it's Raptors minus nine. Mm, I can. I could see the Knicks covering that low key. Uh, no, I can definitely see the Knicks covering that. That's why they put it there. But no, I, I kind of think that the Raptors are, are due for their first win against a, a shitty Knicks team, despite being 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. All right. Uh, we know. got the Pelicans versus the Thunder. Uh, I think this is gonna, that's got to be another big line. Pel minus 8.5. Mm. From what we've seen from the Thunder, though, I bet that's a little closer, honestly. I'll go... I don't know. I'll go Pelicans minus five and a half. Um, it is Pelicans minus five. All right, you, you you're on the nose here with these. You're, I'm a gambling you, man. You, what can I say? You're a gambling man. Alrighty. And then like, the yeah, last yeah, game I, of the night, we got the Suns you, versus the Jazz. That's a good one. 
That's a really good one. Oh, I'm interested on this one. Ah, poof. It's still early. All right, I've, I've been making some mistakes. All right, I got to think about this one. Logically, um, is just a hot name right now. The Jazz are a little slow. I got to go Suns minus. Oh, no two. way, buddy. No way the Suns are favored. Or are the. Are, yeah, no way the Suns are the favorite. Fuck you. Um, I'll take the Jazz minus two and a half. You were right on the other one, so I'm inclined to believe you, but you can go fuck yourself if you're right. And it is Jazz minus four. <laughs> like, come on, dude. You gotta think like Vegas. It, well, that's why I was trying to think like Vegas. You've got the hot team. The Jazz have struggled a little bit early on. I mean, what's their, their record right now? They, they've dropped a game or two already. Uh, they just dropped one. Oh, they're a team that's played three games. Um, lost. You beat up on the Trailblazers, whatever. You lose to the T-Wolves, and then you beat the Thunder by one. I don't know. That doesn't insinuate to me a team that's clicking. Regardless, to me, you, you take the Suns there. So if we did a parlay of the Cavs spread, the Bulls spread, the Sixers spread, the Rockets spread, the Knicks spread, mm-hmm. the Pelicans spread, and the Suns spread, 10 bucks yeah. would win us $474. Easy money. Lock it up. When you guys win Five your bets tomorrow, money. remember to Venmo <laughs> us at Bench Chatter. <laughs> the, yeah, we, we haven't set up the, the Bench Chatter Venmo account yet, but it, as soon as this hits, we will be setting it up. And uh, 15%? We'll take 15. We'll take 15 off the top. All right, you know Anything else you, you, you got for this week? Um, anything you're excited for? Um, the Pacers played the Cavs tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about that. You know, two battle of the East Giants. Like the it. Bulls like play it. the Wizards tomorrow. We might see Scott I, Brooks we, get fired. We, I, we might. I'll try. If if Scott Brooks is going into the guillotine, I'll I'll book a trip out. We can go. Let's do some sightseeing in in, in DC. Venmo Scott us Brooks's at head. Bench Chatter if you want to see us go to the public execution of Scott Brooks. Uh, I'll bring a torch. I'll bring a torch. Uh, alrighty. On that note, uh, that's gonna end this episode of Bench Chatter. Thanks everybody for tuning out. Um. We appreciate anybody who's listening and supporting. It it means the world to us. Uh, this is this is just for fun at the moment, and and we love doing it. So, thank you everybody again, uh, and have a wonderful new year. Uh, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.